nasty heroin and drugs and you know they're finding people dying and laying all over the place in the city here you know from they contribute a lot of it to being overdosed of drugs and things of that nature and, and you know you would think our government would wake up and realize but they keep passing laws and stuff and people don't seem to have the mindset to, to realize you know a lot of this stuff is just of the enemy to destroy jesus said the thief comes not but to steal to kill and to destroy and so we have to educate ourselves we have to prepare ourselves amen to be aware of what the enemy is doing around us so we're not led into his trap amen he he's out to destroy uh people's lives and you know and our educators and and people doesn't seem to realize that they you know seem to have conformed themselves to the ways of the world and the things and so we have to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves and get our minds stayed on Christ. I think his soon coming is, is drawing nigh. And Jesus tells us when we see all these things that are happening on the earth today, he says, look up because your redemption draweth nigh. Amen. And so we have to, to be ready for the coming of the Lord. Amen. So, again, let me say how much I appreciate you, brethren. I know, you know, Saturdays would like to be one of those days you just lay in the bed and enjoy life and the good things of life and, you know, and uh, be able to, uh, you know, catch up on your sleep from working hard all week and, and stuff. And then your pastor pulls you out and <laughs> have you come and listen to him, you know, and stuff. So, but... Uh, but uh, you, you will find that uh, hopefully what we discuss today will be a help to some, someone. Amen. And I am still of the belief that so goes the church, so goes the man. So goes the man, so goes the church, so goes the home. So man goes, so goes the home, so goes the man, so goes the community, so goes the man, so goes the nation. You know, man, 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 man. Amen. I'll read two passages of Scripture this morning uh, to start with in our first series, in our first lesson this morning. Amen. And the first two Scriptures I'm going to read is found in Proverbs 23, 7. Proverbs 23, 7. And then Proverbs 20, verse 6 and verse 7. Proverbs 23, 7 Proverbs 26 and 7. I don't know if I teach, preach, treat, or whatever the Holy Ghost decides to do. We'll let him have his way. Proverbs 23 verse 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. Proverbs 20, verse 6 and 7. Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. But a faithful man who can find. The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. 
the just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. So I want to talk to you this first hour this morning about self-identification. Self-identification. One of the things about being a man is that you have to know who you are. It's amazing that most men do not know who they are, but who someone else say that they are. They accept titles and names and apply them to themselves, but that may not be who they are. How you see yourself is what you will become. If you could change anything about you, I'm going to ask you a question. You don't have to answer, but think about this. If you could change anything about you, what would you change? If you could change anything about you, what would you change? Some men say that they would change their past. Others say they would change their attitudes. While others say that they would do things a whole lot differently. You see, change start with self-identification. If you can't recognize your weakness and your shortcomings, you won't do anything to change. The Lord said through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 1, 16 through 20, the Lord says, wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now and let's reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord have spoken it. Notice, God placed the onus right back on us. He says, wash you. Wash you. Make you clean. God says, you do it. You wash you. You make you clean. You make yourself clean. Where are you dirty today? Where are you dirty? What areas of your life is filthy? You know, I don't know. You know, and God knows. So where are you dirty in your life? What areas of your life is filthy? It's time for you to cleanse yourself. Paul told the church in 2 Corinthians 7.1, he says, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit and perfect holiness in the fear of God. 
It's time to get the unclean things out of our lives. When we think of filthiness, we talk, think of things that are very dirty and very offensive or disgusting and usually is all about sex. Very evil and morally wrong, obscene and dirty languages, things that can defile the temple of God. You see, God is calling for us as men to cleanse ourselves. He understands and He knows what is inside of us. And we may not know, and yes, we do know. We can say we don't know, but yes, we do know every filth and every unclean thing that is going on inside of us, in our minds and in our thoughts and in our ways of life. There is nothing hidden from you and I that we are not aware of. We know, and so God says, wash you. He says, make you clean. James tells us in James 4, 8, he says, cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Amen. Notice, cleanse your hands and wash your hearts. Amen. Get clean. Get your minds cleansed. Amen. Because it all begins in the mind. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, the Bible tells us. Psalms 15, 1 through 5, asked us some very strict questions. Who shall dwell in thy holy hills and who shall dwell in thy tabernacle? Amen. And the Lord says, he that walketh upright and worketh righteousness and speak the truth in his heart. Amen. Notice God begins to lay out for us who's going to dwell in his tabernacle and who's going to dwell in his holy hills here. Amen. He begins to bring it to us to give us a clear understanding that you're not just going to have a cakewalk into the kingdom of God. You've got to cleanse yourself. You've got to make yourself pure. You've got to remove the filth and the foulness uh, out of your life. The Lord who's abide in thy tabernacle and who shall dwell in your holy hills. He that walketh uprightly. And notice God is calling for you and I to get righteousness in our lives. And he that worketh righteousness and speak the truth. In his heart, you got to cleanse yourself of telling lies. You got to cleanse yourself of not uh, being truthful on every avenue and every juncture in your life. You must have truth dwelling in your heart and in your mind constantly. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, Amen. Sometimes we may begin to talk bad about other people, but this is why Paul tells us in Titus, Amen, to speak evil. No man. There's seven things the Lord hates, and He hates discord is one of those things. We should not be backbiting one another. This is things that we have to cleanse ourselves of. Nor do evil to his neighbor, he goes on and say, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. And whose eyes a vile person is condemned. But he honored them that feared the Lord, and he swore not to his own hurt, nor changeth not. He put him not out his money to Usra, nor taketh the reproach against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never fall. So James is saying, cleanse yourself. Cleanse your hands. Let your fingers and your hands be used for the right reason. The Bible tells us to lift up holy hands. 
So if I'm using my hands to steal, if I'm using my hands to kill, if I'm using my hands for any other thing other than what God has given me my hands for, then I can be defiling myself. Jesus said, matter of fact, gives your hand fit, you cut it off. If your hand caused you to do wrong things, He's saying, now we know it doesn't mean that in the natural. Maybe it does mean that in the natural. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Amen. But we have to cleanse ourselves here. Identifying those things that are in our lives that is causing us to trip up. Does my hand cause me to reach and get a 50 magazine off the rack? Uh, does my hand cause me to click the channel that takes me to the fifth on the television set? Does my hand cause me to click the buttons on the internet that I'm watching pornography and wrong things? Does my hands cause me to do wrong? then I need to cleanse myself. Cleanse myself. Cleanse yourself from spiritual idolatry. A double-minded man is at fault in his heart. A sinner in his hands, James says. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Amen. What do you think you have to look dirty and filthy to be a man? Why does it seems like men today feel like they've got to be dirty to be a man? A godly man is clean. Clean in his thoughts. Clean in his hands. Clean in his doings. Clean in his heart. Because as a man thinketh, in his heart, so is he. Ephesians 5, 1 through 5. Paul right into the church here in Ephesians chapter 5. Amen. He says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also have loved us and have given himself for an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanliness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becoming saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather given a Thanks. Amen. Notice he lists some things. He says, don't let filthiness, don't let uh, uncleanliness be once named among you as becoming a saint of God. Therefore, you need to cleanse yourself. God says, wash you. And then he goes on and he says, put away the evil from your doings before my eyes. Amen. Cease to do evil and learn to do well. So God 
God says, get evil out of your life. Amen. You are a saint of God now. Amen. You've been brought with a price. You've been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you've been filled with this Spirit. So, as a man of God, you must now be cleansed in your thinking process. You must be cleansed in your hands. You must be cleansed in your doing. Put away evil from before my eyes. Amen. Cease to do evil and learn to do well. Learn to do what is right. And this is what Psalms 15 is saying. And it said, who's going to dwell in your holy hills? And who's going to dwell in your holy place? He that have clean hands and walk uprightly and do it righteousness. So God's Word is calling us to identify within ourselves any evil and things that is not like God and to take it away. Paul goes on right into the church in Ephesus. And the fourth chapter, if you just back up a few verses, uh, the whole book of Ephesians, let me tell you, is a book you need as a man to search diligently in your study and in your daily process because it is drawing some things out of you and I that we need to look into closely if we're going to be the man that God wants us to be. I know Paul is giving this to the church, but... If the church is going to be the church, then the man is going to have to be the man of the church to lead the church and direct the church and to be righteous in the church. In the fourth chapter, the 20 verse through the 32nd verse, he says, Be ye therefore, be ye not, but ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him, And have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That you put off concerning the former conversations the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In other words, your thinking. And that you put on the new man, which at the God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Notice, you're putting on the new man. You're cleansing your hands. You're cleansing your mind. You're moving evil things out of you. So that you can bring Christ to the forefront. Amen. Because now you want to become like Jesus Christ, he's saying here, in righteousness and true holiness. 25. Wherefore, put away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. And let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place. To the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. See, now he's calling you to get your hands right. But rather let him labor working with his hands the things which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. 
Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. So God is saying in Isaiah, wash you. He's saying you got some dirt, you got some filthiness, you're uncleansed. And so in order to become the man that God wants us to be, we have to first and foremost identify who we are. Amen. And we must understand that we're called to be the sons of God and the children of God. And so therefore, amen, we have to cleanse ourselves. We have to keep our minds cleansed. We have to keep our thoughts cleansed. We have to keep our our hands cleansed. we got to be pure in what God is offering us and telling us to be. Get the evil, he says, out of your life and learn to do well. God says, if you don't do it, it's going to cost you. He says, because if you be obedient and do what I'm telling you to do, you're going to be blessed. You're going to eat the fruit of the land. But if not, you're going to be devoured by the sword. In other words, the Word of God is going to keep beating you up until you get it right. You're going to be destroyed. You'll destroy yourself. You are a godly man, not a worldly man. And stop walking around acting like a, a beat up, mingled old dog. Self-esteem. As a man of God, you're supposed to have high self-esteem. You're supposed to be confident in your abilities of what God is doing. But it all starts with cleansing. Amen. You remember how if you work outside and you're tired at the end of the day and you come in and you take yourself a good clean shower and you, you feel good and you put on some nice clean clothes, you feel good about yourself. It lifts you up. Even though you were tired, you were lifted up. Well, God is using the same analogy. He says, wash you. Put away the evil so that I can come forth. See, when you move evil and things out of your life and all the uncleanliness, then the righteousness and the holiness and the purity of God comes forth and people are able to see you on a candlestick, amen, that you give light into the house, amen. Get some self-esteem in your life. You've got to be lifted up. And so God says, wash you and cleanse you. What's stopping you from looking and giving yourself your very best? What is stopping you from being the very best you can in Christ? Wash you. Put away the evil from your doing. From before my eyes. Proverbs 24. Solomon writing to the church, he says, I went by the field. Amen. Of the man of the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown on with thorns and 
needles had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw, and I considered it well. I looked upon it, and I received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth in thy want as an armed man. Every time I read this passage, and I know it doesn't pertain to this, and I, but I, you know, every time I read it, you, know, you see that, 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 that section in there, it says, And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and needles had covered the face. You see, when it's slothfulness is in your life, when you're lazy in your life, you let yourself go. That's why sometimes I see men with the scraggly beards and little prickless things hanging out of their face because they don't take time to shave. I, I, I think of this scripture every time I see it. Because it says needles and Thorns are on the face. <laughs> little humor there. <laughs> so think about that for a second. But notice what he says. And it covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. These are indicators that something is not right within. How you look outwardly is an indicator of what is inside of you. And so God is saying, wash you, cleanse you, put away the evil of your doing from before me. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Come now, he says, let's reason together. Amen. What is in you that keeps you from neglecting you? From fixing you? You know this work can cause you to fix yourself. That's what it is there for. Amen. I can't fix you. You have to fix you. You have to look into the perfect law of liberty so that you can fix yourself. So God says, wash you. You know what is wrong inside of you. You know what things are hindering you from being the man that God wants you to be. He's giving you power. He's giving you authority. He's giving you the things, but you're suppressing it with filth. You're suppressing it with uncleanliness in your life, you're putting things inside of you that is not like Jesus Christ. And as a result, the light of God cannot be revealed and be seen. You're suppressing yourself. You're suppressing your joy. You're suppressing your peace with filthiness and unclean things in your life. So God says, wash you. Learn to do well. Come now. Let's reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be like crimson, I'll make them as wool. Amen. He said it's time for you to start making some changes in your life. David says, God shall hear and afflict them, even as he abideth of old. Selah. Psalms 55, 19, that because they have no changes, therefore they fear not God. We know if nothing changes, nothing changes. 
So God says, wash you. You can stay dirty if you want to. You can stay filthy if you want to. You can stay evil if you want to. But I don't know about you, but I don't want to. You know, we have to make changes in our lives. This is why God calls us out of the world unto the marvelous light. Amen. If you don't identify who you are, you're not going to change. The alcoholic, the abuser, the molester, the pornography watcher, the thief, the liar, all has to identify that they have a problem and need to change before they take steps to change. Amen. You have to identify who you are. Amen. If you were to ask, if I were to ask you, amen, what is your greatest hurt? What would you tell me? You see, problems has to be identified before you can seek help. Amen. I can come up to you and say to you, Brother Richard, your tail light is out and you can avoid me. And you drive down the road and the cop tells you your tail light's out and gives you a warning and you go do something about it. <laughs> you know, but if you stop and think about it, God's word gives us the warning. He shows us what is wrong so that we can fix it. Amen. Our problems. Listen what the Lord Wants us to do. Amen. If you be obedient, he says, you shall eat the fruit of the land. But if not, the sword is going to devour you. In other words, it's going to cost you dearly. Ask the man who's serving time for OWI. Does he wish he had changed? Ask the abuser of his wife and children who's serving time. Does he wish he has changed? Ask the molester of children who's doing time if he wish he had changed. Ask the man who's doing time for watching pornography on his work computer. Does he wish he has changed? Ask the man who's lost his family. Does he wish he has changed? As the man that's doing time for stealing and lying on his taxes, does he wish he has changed? He knew the problem. He knew what was there. He knew what he was doing wrong. And this is what God is trying to say. Wash you. Do away with the evil. You know. Amen. As Moses told the children of Israel, he says, Amen. You have sinned against God, and you be sure your sins are, are going to find you out. Amen. In other words, Moses saying, you rest assured, if you don't clean it up, if you don't take the action yourself to do something about it, it's going to be revealed. Amen. Your sin will find you out. Amen. So you need to realize that your sin that you had trying to hide within and not cleansing and not washing and getting rid of is pretty soon going to be revealed. 
So I ask you now, what is your greatest hurt? If I was to ask you, what would you tell me? Amen. The Psalms that says in 30, Psalms 38, 5, my wounds stink. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. Because of my foolishness. You know, self-inflicted wounds are the worst wounds you can have because they're caused by you. Self-inflicted wounds. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. Amen. As the old saying goes, I've met the enemy and he's us. I'm my own worst enemy because I know my own problems and I'm not doing anything about it. Amen. You can blame others for them, but that doesn't pass the test. They stink because you know that they were caused by you. He says they were caused by my own foolishness. Think about it. My own foolishness. If I know pornography is on the television and on the internet, why am I going to be a fool? It's caused by me. If I know alcohol can destroy me, why am I going to be a fool as a child of God? These things, come on, men, come on. Realize what the Word of God is trying to get us to see. Don't be your own worst enemy. Amen. You are a child of God. And He wants you to be cleansed. He wants you to be a representation for Him in the earth. Don't keep letting your foolishness, amen, cause you to do wrong things that cause you to stink. As Jacob told Simeon and Levi when they killed the sons of Shisham, he says, you caused me to stink in the earth. Your stink does not only affect you, it affects others around you. A skunk don't just affect himself. He affects the whole area that he goes through when he pulls his smoke. So if you've got sin in your life, it's not just affecting you. It's affecting your family. It's affecting your church. It's affecting your community. It's affecting the places you go. Amen. Because someone else is going to be affected by that same sin that is in you. So God says, wash you. Wash your thoughts. Wash your actions. Wash those things about you. Paul says to the church of Galatia and Galatians 3, Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the works of the flesh? Are you so foolish, he said. Don't you understand that you're going to cause your own wounds by being foolish? Proverbs 19.3 said, The foolishness of man perverted his ways, and his heart fretteth against the Lord. In other words, doing foolishly is going to change you and move you away from God. Proverbs 24.9 said, The thoughts of the foolishness is sin, 
and the scorner is an abomination to men. Sin will pervert your ways and cause you to do foolish things which will make you stink. Are you missing your deodorant? Your self-inflicted wounds don't just affect you, as I said early. It affects others as well. What is your greatest hurt? What is your greatest hurt right now? If you don't identify it, it will destroy you. One of the greatest hurts of men is that some men don't know who their father is. Some men are trying to find out who they are. A man who claims to be homosexual is usually hurting inside because he's trying to find out who he is. Maybe he was molested as a child and he thinks that this is the way he must be. And that hurt can plague him if he doesn't get the need it help and the need he needs to change. Some men are hurting because of debts. The 400 men that came out to David was in debt. They was distressed and they was discontent. Men are hurting because of debts. When your bills are higher than your income, it hurts. You have to purpose to change if you want to stop the bleeding and the hurt. You see, debt is one of those wounds that is self-inflicted. Granted, sometimes debt may be because of unforeseen things that happens in our lives, but most debts are caused by personal hurts. And so for a Christian, when they are in debt, they don't want to tithe and they don't want to pay play on their and the devil plays on their faith and so they withhold their tithes trying to get out of debt and they bring self inflicted wound upon themselves. Indebtedness hurts. This is why scripture tells us to owe no man nothing but to love one another. It hurts. And it can be one of those hurts that can cause you to stink because you start doing foolish things. Some men's hurts are because of stress. Stress can come in so many ways. Overworking too long. Again, over debts. Over fear. Over living in the past. Over hidden sins. Peer pressure, spouse, home life, lack of promotion, ERD. What we must realize is some things comes with age. Stress hurts. Some men are hurting because of discontentment. They are at a place in their lives that they don't know how to be content where they are. As the Lord told the children of Israel when he took them into captivity, buy a house, plant a garden, 
take a wife, have children, give your kids, and be married. Amen. They, he wanted them to be content where they were. But men are hurting because of discontentment. Amen. What is your greatest hurt? Some men hurt because women turn them down or reject them. Some men hurt because they're teased. Some men hurt because they can't read or write. Some men hurt because they can't afford things in their lives. Some men hurt because they don't have answer to life problems in their situations. And because they hurt, they sometimes do foolish things like suicide and drunkenness and drug abuse and rape and molestation. Amen. Because of the hurts within inside of them. Amen. Don't compare yourselves to others. Get into the Word of God and allow God to give you the wisdom and the knowledge in this life so that you do not allow the hurts that you're going through to cause you to make foolish and wrong decisions, amen, that will cause you to wound yourself, inflict wounds in yourself, and cause you to hurt you or others around you. What is your greatest hurt? Who's behind the mask you're wearing? Who's behind that mask that you have on? Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5 and 6, examine yourself. Prove your own self. Whether you be in the faith, lest you will be a reprobate. He says, but I trust that you know you're not worthless. See, because you're a child of God. God has a purpose for your life. See, to be a reprobate means useless and worthless and no good. See, But you should realize as a child of God how valuable you are to God. God did not save you because you was no good. He saved you because you was worth something to Him. And so you need to understand that. And so therefore, you need to identify who's behind this mask. Yes, I can see outside. But who is inside? Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Even Batman, Superman, and Robin sometimes have to remove their mask. Even Jesus removed his when he asked the disciples, Who do they say I, the Son of Man, am? He revealed himself at a time that he was Almighty God. Amen. The one true and only living God. Amen. He was concealed. Amen. But he revealed himself to us. And that's what you want to do, is you want to reveal Christ. You want to reveal the man that God is calling you to be. Amen. You want people to see Christ in you, the hope of of glory. So what's behind this mask shall be what is inside of this temple. Amen. Know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Amen. What's behind the mask? Sooner or later, what's back there is coming out. James says if we look into the perfect law of liberty, And we be not a forgetful here, but a doer. Our deeds will be blessed. When you look in the mirror, when you get up in the morning, 
and you walk into your bathroom and you look in the mirror, what do you see? What do you see? You should be able to see Christ in you, a hope, a glory. Because the fruit of the Spirit is inside of you. The Spirit is inside of you and the fruit is reflected outward with love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and temperance and, and meekness against such. There is no law. Amen. You have to examine yourself. This is why it's key and essential that you read the Word of God and look into the Word of God and be a doer of the work and, and not just a hearer only so that your deeds will be blessed. Amen. God wants you to be able to see who you really are. You see, character is developed within and reflected without. This is why Jesus said that it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out of him. Amen. Are you without understanding? He asked them. Amen. It's the things that comes out of you. He says, these things proceed out of a man and defile the man. Evil thoughts. Adultery. Fornications, murderers, thieves, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride. And then he hits it with this, foolishness. Because that's what makes you stink. That's what inflicts your own wounds is foolishness. I was reading from Mark 7, 18 to 23. But notice what he says. Do you not perceive that whatsoever things from without enter into the man? It defiles him not because it entered not into his heart, but into the belly and goes out into the drought, purging all meats. And he said, that which cometh out of a man. That's what defiles him. Evil thoughts. Adulteries. Fornications. Think about it. Foolishness. This is why God says, wash you. Put away your evil from before me. All these evils, Jesus says, come within and defile the man. Foolishness, his own wounds. Who's behind the mask you're wearing? Is any of these things in you? Who's behind you? Who's behind the mask? What's inside of you is going to take root and reveal itself. This is why you have to examine yourself. Who's behind the mask? Who's the man in the mirror? What are you reflecting to your surroundings? The Lord asked Amos, he says, what do you see, Amos? What do you see? See a plumb line, okay? See baskets of summer fruit. And God says, yes, and I'm not going to pass by again. In other words, I'm not going to let you keep doing wrong. I'm going to take action. 
So this is why you have to examine yourself. God is not going to let you just keep getting away with wrong and doing sins. Amen. He's not. Just what Solomon said, just because God does not execute judgment expediently, men are, are drawn to do what is wrong. He said, but you need to realize there is a judgment. And God is going to take action. What weakness is inside of you? What strengths are inside of you? What hurts are inside of you? What pain is inside of you? What are you afraid of that others are going to find out about you that you're hiding within? What fear is inside of you? What are you afraid that others is going to find out about you? What are you afraid that your spouse is going to find out about you that you've been hiding? What are you afraid that your co-workers or your peers going to find out about you that you've been hiding? Who's behind the mask? Wash you, Jesus said. Make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widows. Come on now, God says. Come on, God says. Come on now, God says. Let's talk about it. Let's reason together, you and I. Though your sins are scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Come on, God says. Let's get clean. Let's identify who you really are. And I'll help you. Get rid of it. Paul told Timothy, 1 Timothy 1.12, he says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who have enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. Who was before a blasphemer? a persecutor, and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was a seed in abundantly with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into world to save sinners, of whom I was chief. Paul did not realize who he was until he met Jesus Christ. 
And then he was able to have it taken care of because there was a reasoning process, a talking process between Paul and the Lord Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. And when Paul realized who Jesus Christ was and who he was talking to, he realized he needed to be clean. And he got clean. David, for many years, when you look at 2 Samuel 12, verse 1 through 14, amen. David, for many years, thought he had gotten away with the sin, amen, of killing Uriah and, and taking Bathsheba as his wife, amen, and sleeping with her. He thought he had probably got away. He probably feels, realized and thought, the only person know what I did is Joab. He failed to realize. That God knew. And God sent Nathan the prophet down to David. And David was probably having a joyful day. He probably felt it sitting on the throne. He probably sitting in his house probably and been enjoying life. Probably just came back and heard word of a great victory and doing good and got a smile on his face and enjoying life and stuff. Maybe drinking some iced tea or something, you know, just enjoying life. And his servant says, the prophet is coming. And David probably got himself ready to because he probably felt that the prophet Nathan was coming to tell him something great and, and to reward him and give him some more advice from God of great things, of great victories and things to, to continue to do on. And Scripture lets us know that as, as Nathan walked in, amen, to David here, Praise God. And as he walked into him, the Lord sent him down to, to, to talk to him. Just one second, let me get there. And the Bible says, and the Lord sent Nathan to David. And he came to him and said unto him, there was two men in one city, the one rich, the other poor. The rich man had exceeded many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had brought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drink of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was coming to him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for that man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that have done this thing shall surely die. And he said, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel. And I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul, 
And I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom. And gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto you such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandments of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me, and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of thy son. For thou did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. And David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord also has put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. Howbeit, because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The children also that is born unto thee shall surely die. Amen. Notice, David thought it was good to go. But notice what the Lord said, the sword shall devour you. The same way he said to Isaiah, wash you. If you don't be obedient and get it together, the sword is going to destroy you. And we know David's house after this, Absalom, tried to take his kingdom, killed many people. His son, Amnon, raped his half-sister, Tamar. Amen. His his, 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 his life, his family life was a total mess because he sinned against God. Who's behind the mask that you're wearing? Who are you? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. Second Corinthians five seventeen. The greatest challenge you will ever have is that of identifying who you are. But it doesn't have to be that way, because Jesus already knows who you are. And he's willing to help you see who you are so that you can be the man that he wants you to be. As the old song says, to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. On earth, I long to be like him. All through life's journey, from earth to glory, I only ask to be like him. And to be like him requires us to wash ourselves, to put away the evil from our doings, 
cease to do evil, and learn to do well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you.